Hello, welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 93. Sorry about the uh, particularly long intro. Um, Facebook make it really difficult for you to share things now. It's just unnecessarily difficult. So I've got to sort of share the live feed as we're starting to get going. That gives me a little bit of time, but today I needed a bit more of it uh, before you start moaning at me, Fisher. Starring. Jimbo. <laughs> and Fisher. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right, thanks. I mean, um, that, that theme tune, I mean, I've never heard so much of it. I mean, most of what, <laughs> a 90-second introduction, something like that. It's a good uh, job these last quite a long time, because otherwise it'd be majority theme tune as opposed to anything else. It, it, it might be, uh, I think it could well be a record. Um, so, yeah, but anyway. Uh, we've, we've heard part of that theme tune that I've never heard before. I didn't even realise <laughs> the song was that long. How, how long does that theme tune in theory potentially last? How long could we keep going for? I'm not sure, actually. Um, I could... Three minutes and thirty. No, 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 don't play it again. Don't minute, play it again, please. Three minutes and thirty-one seconds. We could we could okay. go on for with that if we if we really wanted to. Anyway, the uh, podcast title today is um, "Trouble for the Royal Family." I got all my, you know that, you know, the yeah, yeah. sister sledge sort of thing. So should we just get on with that and play it? It's, yeah, it's not on. it's not as long as the intro. You'd be glad to know. So are we ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Trouble for the royal family Piers Morgan lost his job on TV Trouble for the royal family But we've got an extra bank holiday Harry and Meg sat down with Oprah Winfrey And they said goodbye We were shocked by what they had to say and Piers said she lied Then on Good Morning Britain, the very next day Piers spat his dummy And now the royal family's sweating Apart from Prince Andrew, of course Trouble for the royal family Piers Morgan lost his job on TV Trouble for the royal family We've got an extra bank holiday. So there you go. We'll probably talk a little bit about that later on. Um, but uh, yeah, um, bombshell, bombshell TV last Monday night. Um, yeah, yeah, the drama between Stacey and Ruby on EastEnders is just incredible. <laughs> uh, but also, of course, at the same time, uh, we had all this going on with Meghan and uh, and Harry and Oprah Winfrey's interview and everything like that. So we'll probably talk a little bit about that later on. Um, yeah, did did you watch it, Jimbo? Uh, I did watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got okay. it, haven't you? <laughs> Every, well, I, everybody I, else I didn't, was. But... You didn't. Oh no, I, I did no. watch it. Although I did think afterwards, did did I need to watch that? Was it? I don't know. Anyway, so um, I want to start off with an apology. Uh, we, we're supposed to do apologies about what we did last week and stuff like that, and uh, I want to start mm-hmm. off with an apology. Seems to be me who makes most of these apologies these days, for sure. I must be doing more wrong than what you are. Um, no, it's just you've got more of a conscience and therefore more likely to apologise than I have. I mean, possibly. Yeah. But I want to apologise because uh, we did a feet-themed episode, didn't we? And I think I kind of made light a little bit about people who've got foot fetishes. You know, they are normal people. They... Mm-hmm. You know, they, it's just it's just a, it's just something they like, you know. And I probably made light of that a little bit. Um, and you know, I I to be fair, I I did have uh, back a long time ago. I had a girlfriend who who did have a foot fetish, and she didn't tell me she had one for such a long time because she was so ashamed to admit it. 
And I said to her, why didn't why why didn't you not, just not tell me? She well, she didn't want to get off on the wrong foot. Hey. Um, so, but, yeah, but, to be, but, to be yeah, fair, yeah. I also had a girlfriend who had uh, a foot fetish, but eventually I gave her the boot. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, the, the the girl had had a bit of bad experience because um, you know the her first boyfriend who she was you know going to tell about her foot fetish when it it turned out she found out he only had um, well he was missing three toes on one of his foot his feet so. Um, and she was lactose intolerant, so that uh, <laughs> that caused a few issues as well. So, but I, I just wanted to get that apology yeah. out there to start off with, um, because we don't want to make jokes about people with foot fetishes, do we? No, we want anyone who's got foot fetish to have plenty of time to heal. <laughs> we need loads of symbols in there. Anyway, uh, so do, should we, are we going to do a breaking news? Hey. Go Fisher. Uh, well, I've not really got much to say. I'm currently building a bar um, in our conservatory, and as you, as you may find out shortly when I go for a drink, that uh, I'm going to be operating heavy machinery and power tools shortly, so therefore I'm not drinking alcohol today. I'm try- trying to get some more work done. I did quite a bit yesterday. Um, I'm trying to just get it completed. And then you can enjoy um, having a drink from the bar, I suppose. Yeah. And um, indeed, we, we, I may enjoy seeing you next weekend, I believe, on the Sheffield Distillery's cocktail night. Yes, yes, and we'll we'll come on to that in just a second. Uh, I'll quickly do my breaking news. Well, we've got to talk about it in general. So, of course, um, as you can see, it is um, Mother's Day today. <laughs> um, so, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, yeah, a little bit offensive, actually, putting it like that, Jimbo, to be honest, but... Um... It's, it's nice you've come dressed as your mother as well, which is very good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, sorry, yeah. The, the same beard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, happy happy, happy Mother's Day uh, to to the mum. If she's she sometimes listens or watches, doesn't she? But uh, I don't think so at the minute. So I, sh- I should probably should have messaged her as well before this. Now I'm going to have to message her after, and then she's going to moan because I didn't message her earlier in the morning. So when we get an advert break, I will message my mum, and then there's proof that I did. I, it's not that I forgot. You know, it's just it's, it's just a lot on, isn't there? You know, yeah. it takes a while uh, to set this up, doesn't it? Yep, I'm um, going to see her yeah, at some um, point. So, well, I can't see her at some point. But I can go by with a drop a gift off at the front door sort of thing. Yeah. Um, as I say, I, a, a very happy Mother's Day to my mother, who I know for a fact definitely will not be watching or listening because she, she never <laughs> has done to any of these podcasts. But nonetheless, I hope you have a good day. I've already texted her as well. But there's, so, a, there's there a lot of go. celebrations going on at the minute as well, isn't there? I mean, it's St. Patrick's Day on Wednesday, which is actually why I've got this on. Uh, so I had a bit of a... Uh, St. Patrick's Day themed weekend in my Ale and Audio pub shed, which hopefully we'll be broadcasting from soon. Mm. Um, and that's where I'll be doing the Sheffield Distillery um, virtual cocktail making evening from. So I'll be making my cocktails in there. Is it a good time to bring on the drink? What, well, the drink? Because obviously you don't have a drink. Uh, well, I've got orange juice. Um, so... You know, just have my breakfast. So now... I thought I'd. Uh... Have a bit of that. Now, I, I, I did have, i got to admit, I did have a few drinks last night with it being my St. Patrick's Day theme night in the uh, Ale and Audio pub. So I'm a little bit tender this morning. So I went to the pub Again. this morning to go, well, you know, not, it's not every week. But anyway, so I went to the pub shed to go and get my beer for the podcast. And, and I'd kind of stored one to one side that I got from Lardy Dark. Cause I've, I bought a few a, a while back. I've been saving them ones for this, this podcast. And then I realised... Looking at the can that I'd put to one side, it was a 6.9 percenter. So <laughs> I think I'll go for something different. So this one is the Gun Brewery, and I've had a few of their beers, and it's uh, they're, they're a good little brewery actually. They, they've they've got their own source mineral water, and they they're quite um they're quite a, a, a sustainable what do you call it a sustainable um, ecological type of mm. 
brewery. Uh, they're trying to do yeah. a lot in terms of saving energy and stuff like that. Uh, so they try to a lot of the, the the stuff that they make is the energy that they make is from the energy that they've developed themselves or however yeah, they've I mean, done that turbines. The, and the, stuff. There's a big there's a big push in terms of being sustainable at the moment, but I'm not sure it's going to last forever. In all honesty, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is called Num Angel and it's lager. And I've tried their best bitter. I've tried their I think it was their IPA or pale ale, and this is the last well, the last one that I've had that I haven't tried yet. And it's their uh, lager, which is Num Angel. It's called. It's a uh, Four percent, I think. So that's a, yeah, four percent. So that a bit more manageable, considering I'm yeah. feeling a little bit tender. So. Well, it's very nice that the brewery is named after our bicep gym, isn't it? Uh, oh, what, sorry. Oh, yeah, our guns, of course. Yeah. They're, they're based in Sussex, by the way. I, I reckon, honestly, every beer I've had of theirs is really good, and that brings me on now. Actually, to we talked about the Sheffield Distillery virtual cocktail making night, which we'll be doing next Saturday. If anyone is listening and you want to do some something like this, you sure can be your first one in it, Fisher. But it is very, yeah. very good. It's a really well thought out and planned evening. You get the ingredients sent. Well, they, they deliver the ingredients to you in the post or whatever. Or you can I think there's like a click and collect thing as well, possibly. But you have to double check that. Um, but it's. Uh, did you get yours delivered or did you go and click and collect? Uh, delivered. I don't think you can click and collect at the moment because oh, yeah, you're is. not allowed to do pick up from pubs or something like that. So they, they'll, they'll come and drop it off here. Yeah. As long as you live local, obviously. But yeah, so I've got I put my beer in. Obviously, this is not the correct sort of thing to put in this glass, but I've put just to promote this evening that they're doing next uh, Saturday. For anyone who still wants to get involved, it's a great evening. Uh, and there's a Sheffield. You get you get a glass within your within the uh, the ingredients and stuff that you get sent out as well. So the Sheffield Distillery. Uh, I'm looking forward to that next week, and you'll be there as well for sure. We'll have to. Do you think people go oh, not them? We'll have to listen to them two again. That's what's yeah, going sure. to go on. Take a microphone with us and just try and break out into a podcast partway through it, what do you reckon? Yeah, and then we don't have to do Over- it the next day then. Yeah, overthrow them. It's a captive um, audience as well, isn't it? They can't do anything yeah. about it. They're there and... Yeah. It'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be the biggest live broadcast we've ever done, to be fair, won't it? <laughs> it will. It'll be brilliant. Uh, so, are we moving on? Uh, yeah, let's move on. The other reason we're doing this slightly earlier is because Sheffield Wednesday are playing at about quarter past twelve. Why I'm so desperate to watch him, I have absolutely no idea because it's a comedy show down there at the minute. The only the only slight sweetener for us is that Sheffield United are equally as bad on the other half of the city in it for those that are watching and aren't from Sheffield. Um, yeah, I mean, someone said to me the other day, what time is Sheffield Wednesday kicking off today? And I said it's at quarter past 12, uh, and then again at 20 past 12, probably about half past 12 as well, <laughs> then again at uh, 25 to 1. So, yeah, it's just difficult to work out about yeah. the way Wednesday's playing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, shock, a shocker on the other side of the city, isn't it? We, uh, obviously, Chris Wilder on his yeah, way Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's going to be very difficult, I think, for, someone, for Sheffield United to find a manager as good or better than Chris Wilder. I mean... Actually, come to think of it, probably someone better than Chris Wilder might be Chris Wildest, yeah. surely, given the way that um, words progress like that. Or Chris, probably... Chris Even, or Chris Evan Wilder, Even Wilder. Yeah, good point, yeah. Um, so it's the... a shame to, for a, a club to lose a, a fan as a a, a, man, a, a fan manager as well, because that's quite a rare thing, isn't it, to find? Yeah, he's taken them from League One to ninth in the Premier League, um, which I think maybe he's got a few more credits in the bank than just being sacked. Um, sort of just because it looks like they're going to get relegated. I think if you ask most Sheffield United fans, would they be happy having two seasons in the Premiership? Um, I think did, did Norwich last year get relegated and they're currently top of the Championship, having kept the same manager yeah. who've gone and playing good football. So yeah, I think it's a bit disappointing. As I say, he's a massively Sheffield United fan. I think even if you were to cut into him, even his blood cells would be red and white. Hey, there we go. I was basically trying to tee you up for that joke. Anyway, it's your show and tell. 
Uh, it is my show and tell. This is my show and tell. Um, so I've got I've got these items. See what those are? See what they are? It even says on it what they are, Jimbo. Uh, I've got some buttons. Some buttons, yeah. Some buttons. Um, and what is my what is my show and tell item about some buttons like this? Is it? I had some buttons like this, similar, on a suit jacket that I wore whilst I was best man at a wedding. The buttons came off during the wedding, and all of the photos show me with the suit jacket missing their buttons. <laughs> or is it, is it, now, is it, I mean, this is a different type of button, obviously, to what's in the next scenario. Is it because someone pressed some incorrect buttons this week that I am currently self-isolating? <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, well, there's an interesting a 50% one. chance that that's correct. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and obviously you, you would have purposely not told me that. Um, so that you could come round here and cough all at now, my joking. So that <laughs> yeah. so that you could have a show and tell item that I didn't know about. Yeah, I mean we're actually in the same room at the moment. There's just a thin partition between <laughs> the two of us. That's uh, if I just lean over now to yeah. um, <laughs> that next to. Um, okay. um, so yeah, that's that's the other scenario. So uh, okay, let's let's start with uh, the fashiony one. Uh, speaking of yeah. fashion, uh, do, 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 do you want me to say what I said to you when you turned your webcam on today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on then. Well, uh, look, I. Fisher's known for, you know, you try and wear something a bit different each week, don't you? If you can, not a bit different, you just try and wear a different top each week so that, you know, you know you've got a bit of, just to, just for a, a bit of a, a way to do something different on each episode, like I'm wearing a silly hat and stuff. Well, you, yeah. you came on and you, you you were sort of in a funny position trying to button yourself up and, and I couldn't really see what you was wearing properly. Um, and I said, have you got something else of Vicky's on, didn't I? But, but you've done yeah. it before in other, in other episodes for certain reasons. And I thought that might have been your show and tell act. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is just this is just my own sort of man cardigan. It's Lyle and Scott. This it ca- like your, surely a cardigan. A cardigan. The purpose of a cardigan is it keeps you warm. That cardigan has got no sleeves. It's short sleeves, yeah. Which is which is a different which is which is the different part of it. I'm showing off my guns from the gun brewery. I'm doing a bit of advertising for. We need right. Uh, if anyone's watching live or listening or going to be whatever, can you let us know, please? Are short sleeve cardigans on men appropriate? Are they suitable? Are they are they acceptable, or is it a fashion insult to fashion? Is it whatever? I don't know, but you know, please, you can send us a message and, and let us know. Yeah, it's, it's it's the kind of thing that I, I like to wear. I, I wear things at different lengths normally. I'm, I'm sure we've all got a pair of knee length pants and all that sort of stuff, Jimbo. I mean, it's just just a Jimbo way of doing stuff, isn't it? I three quarter length trousers. Yeah, I I, I realize I I went through my my stuff the other day and I realized I got quite a lot of three quarter length trousers and thought no. Not anymore. Those days have gone. Um, you know. Anyway, <laughs> so, coming, coming back into fashion, albeit not sort of not as three quarter length, just as these short trousers where you're showing your ankles. Yeah, they sort of like are they? Well, fair enough. I didn't know if they were if the if three quarter length trousers were getting shorter or longer. Because <laughs> well, there's a certain dis- there's a certain there's a certain distance down your leg that they're not acceptable. And I think hmm. if they flare off, I think they're even less acceptable. But I think if they're oh, if yeah. they're kind of just below the just below the knee, um, or or, like you said, down to your ankles, so you're not wearing socks. I think they're acceptable. Anything in between that, apparently not. Anyway, yeah. we've talked. We talk, we started going. Let's talk about your yeah. buttons, Fisher. Um, yeah. Imagine, imagine getting a fashion lecture from someone wearing the St. Patrick's Day hat and a ginger beard. <laughs> oh, anyway, I've so shaved as well, so buttons. I could have this beard because it'd all blend in. If not, so <laughs> yeah. Talk about your buttons. So the, these. So what? Whose wedding was it you was at? If it's this, if it's this first scenario. Uh, well, I was best man at my brother's wedding. Well, of um, course. Yeah, um, and, and my brother sometimes watches this podcast actually nowadays. So um, I'd just like to say apologies for mentioning that particular event. Right. So you, um, you, you on your big day. Cause it's a big day for the for the best man, isn't it? Um, 
And um, yeah, I suppose so. There's a reasonable amount of responsibility to do. Um, so, so for you to lose your buttons on that day would have been a bit disappointing for you, wouldn't it? Because it would have been a quite, a, you know, you'd been quite sort of not not the centre of attention, obviously, but to the left of the centre of attention, yeah. <laughs> or the right, depending very, on where you were standing. It's very much a day where I'd like to have my buttons with me, um, yeah. but instead they just ended up on the floor. Uh, yeah, so I, we, we bought suits from uh, Marks and Spencers, I think, beforehand, um, and and I think they were they were on the start of the day. It was it was during the day they popped off. I think as I was unbuttoning and buttoning my jacket off, they popped they popped off. So it meant all of the photos I was in. Not only was my jacket unbuttoned, which maybe always doesn't look that smart, but you could actually see that there wasn't a button there, which really, really annoyed me. Okay. Um, so, what at what stage of the day did the buttons pop? Uh, quite early on, sort of. So, so they, they were on a few photos that we had, sort of, at my mum and dad's house. But then, before the when we were sat in the church before the wedding started, I was kind of just sitting down and unbuttoning and unbuttoning my jacket. Bang, button came off. Right. Okay. So quite early on, and that meant that yeah. you then your buttons were undone for the rest of the day, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And was it was it a suit that you'd was it your own suit? Had you got your own suit, so had you hired suit? I mean, if you'd hired them, maybe you would have taken them back. But were they were they particular wedding type suits, or were they sort of suits you could wear for anything? Uh, there were suits that we bought, and they were kind of. They were, do you remember at my wedding? Sort of, a, I just wore. A normal suit, um, similar kind of thing. I'm not really a massive fan of the sort of tails type things. Um, so again, it's just a suit that was bought that can be worn on other occasions. Okay. And subsequently, that suit was worn again once the buttons had been sewn back on. And once you'd lost a little bit of weight. And once, hey, no, that's that's, that's not fair. Yeah, I have, to, <laughs> I have to have the waistcoat on me and all that sort of stuff, which made me look look like I was a little bit bigger than I was. All right, okay. Um, what colour was the suit? Starter interest. Uh, it was grey. Okay. All right, it's quite a nice, did, quite a nice suit from Marks and Spencers. Did did anybody notice the buttons in the data? Or do you kind of try and keep it on the low? You don't want to ruin. Um, I mean, it's not going to ruin the wedding day, or but because your buttons have popped off, is it? But uh, no, no. Just, to the best of my knowledge, it didn't ruin the wedding day. Um, no, not many people. Well, my mum noticed because you know mothers do notice those kind of things, don't they? Let's be honest. If you if you're not quite as smart as you should be, um, but other than that, not many people noticed. I wasn't really the focal point of the day, obviously, and certainly the buttons weren't. No, and it, you didn't use it in your um, best man speech or anything like that. No, the the lengthy best man speech that I got had been kind of well written and pre prepared, sort of well in advance of that. You, so the buttons didn't feature in it. You could have asked at the, at the sort of wedding disco. You could have asked for loosen up my buttons by the pussycat dolls. <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't know where they were. Yeah. What year was this again then? Uh, oh, two thousand and eleven, I think. So, the, so those buttons in the in the bag are just pretend. Are they imitation Sorry, these, buttons? The, these these are just buttons, not specifically buttons from that suit. Yeah, just to illustrate your point, sort of thing. Okay, let, yeah. let's move on to example number two then. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody because people have been pressing buttons, you have had to isolate self isolate uh, because someone pushed the wrong buttons. Right, and uh, okay. So is this your? Is this something to do with your work? Uh, no, it's to do. Well, I I I've I've never had a COVID test. Yep. Um, however, my wife Vicky has had COVID tests uh, with work there. I think all workplaces now can be tested. Um, you, can, you can apply to have testing within your work to kind of try and get businesses back on the go, and obviously try and stop people who are asymptomatic from passing the passing the virus on potentially. Um, so she gets tested at work every week. Okay. Um, and she tested negative. So but, the slight problem is yeah. that unfortunately. Um, when the result was put into the computer system, somebody pushed positive. Right. <laughs> uh, 
And therefore, um, my wife has produced a positive test, um, at which point her and her close contacts are required to self-isolate. Uh, even though it was a mistake? Uh, well, there's been a positive test registered, oh. even though it wasn't positive. Okay. So yeah, effectively, because it was a mistake. Because someone it's, had, it's not positive, is it, if they're getting things like because, that wrong? Because someone had pushed the wrong buttons. Right, okay. Um, so who who had pushed? Was it someone at the workplace, or was it someone at the other after? So after workplace, it probably goes to the track and trace system. Is it at that stage that it's been? No, it's, it was it was within within the workplace. Okay. Um, as I say, the, the the person who entered it said they were they were, they were sort of slightly blindsided because someone tried to do their suit jacket up and one of the buttons had pinged <laughs> out and hit them just in the eye, which meant they couldn't see properly when it came to entering the details onto the system, unfortunately. Yeah. And, of course, the person uh, punching the numbers into the... They, they were suffering from COVID anyway, so... No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 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 that, yeah, so you've had, you've on, had to actually do the isolation. So even though you couldn't say, look, this is a mistake, you just had to get on with it. Uh, well, I'm legally bound to, sol- uh, to self-isolate, so otherwise I'm liable to get fined. That's mad. And... And, and and at the Wasted Web Space podcast, Jimbo, we follow the rules. We do. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it was nice to see you yesterday as well, wasn't it? Um, not, uh, not <laughs> great to pop round to the Ale on Audio shed and have a few pints. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the St. Patrick's Day thing, I was there going, oh, what a great day it is today in St. Patrick's Day. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, 13th of March, it's not even St. Patrick's Day, it's 17th. That, so has, has it changed anything, having to self-isolate for you? Uh, well, yeah, I can't go outside, um, other than to... Take the bins out. I'd be but, fuming. Yeah. I would be. Ang- I'd be angry. You, you. You seem quite calm about this. I'd be very angry if uh, someone had put me down as a positive, uh, even though I tested negative, and that meant I can't go outside. Well, I think you're a bit more aggressive than I am, Jim. But I'm a very classed kind of human mm-hmm. being who doesn't get angry about that sort of stuff. Well, no, that, but to, to be fair, there are, there are people who are in far worse situations um, due to COVID than than what um, we are. So mistakes do happen. Um, that's just a, a part of life. I've to be fair, made plenty of mistakes in my life. Um, but did, did quite that frequently. mean? Is it, is it meant that that Vicky has to work from home? That your wife has to work? Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. For the moment, yes, because obviously we're not allowed to. Yeah. Uh, well, we're not allowed to, to to leave the house. We've got to self isolate until the yeah. end of uh, the end mm. of next week. Right. So. I, I think I might be ready to make a make okay. a guess. Do you sure? Do you, do you not want to ask any more questions about these buttons so or what, some buttons? Where are them buttons from? The, the uh, the, 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 these these specific buttons are taken from uh, a different Marks and Spencer. The, 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 the pockets of a different Marks and Spencer's suit jacket that I've literally just mm. plucked out of my cupboard. Um... Uh, sorry, no. I went out to fetch them this morning from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Um... Um, yeah, so th- th- just to be clear, these, these, suit, the, these suit jacket buttons aren't the suit jacket buttons from the actual suit I was wearing at my brother's wedding. However, they are also from Marks and Spencers, which is where the suit that I got from the Brothers Wedding you, was but, also from. But you managed to get the suit fixed, and you do wear the suit still these t- today. Not today, but, you know, these days. I, I did when I was slightly thinner and could fit into it, yes. Okay. Nowadays, maybe not. <laughs> now, nowadays, I've still got it, but, you know, in, in, the, in the ambition that one day I might get back into it. Well, I don't really know what else to ask, really. Um, can you give me any more pointers, or do you think we've kind of covered everything I can? Yeah, well, you could ask if we're both okay and whether or not we need any supply <laughs> bringing to us and all that sort of stuff, maybe. Or... Well, I'll say that if that's the... I'm not going to say that until I know if oh. you're lying to me or not. Yeah. Or whether I need a needle and thread. Or, you know, it's, it's entirely up to you. Mm. Uh, did, so, so, you think, so you think you're ready anyway? Yeah, I think so. I, okay. I reckon it's... I, I do think you seem quite calm about the self-isolating thing, and I think that's quite a, a, quite a big thing to have got wrong. So I, I reckon that's the lie, and I reckon it, you did have your buttons pop off at you. At your at your brother's wedding. 
years ago. Of course, of course, Button Popoff is someone who's going to feature in <laughs> your quiz, I think, uh, later on, too, with people who... Nominative, um, you know, nom- what is it called? Nomin- nominative <laughs> determinism or something Nominative like determinism, where you're, you, you do what your name says, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you think that these buttons similar to this popped off my suit jacket whilst yep. I was best man at a wedding. And you would be wrong. I'm currently self-isolating because someone's put the wrong buttons. That is shocking. Uh, uh, no, how how it's, far it's are you into it? Um, I've, got, I've got another... I've, I've got until next Friday night, Saturday morning, self-isolate. But, but you haven't got it. You've tested and you haven't got it. Uh, these are points that have already been made to the relevant track and trace people. Um, <laughs> let's let's clear oh, on so that. You, so you have followed it up and said, "Look, this is what's happened." And yeah, and they've basically said that there's been a positive test that's been registered. So um, therefore, my wife has to self-isolate, and as a close contact, I've been contacted to tell that I need self-isolate as well. Otherwise, we're liable to get fined. Um, and and to be fair to the person who made the mistake, you know, it was a completely genuine error. Mistakes happen, and and. Certainly wasn't done maliciously, as far as we're aware. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things that happens. And, and specifically, there are so many more people in worse situations than us because of COVID. So you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. But it is it is the case that yes, we are required to self isolate until next Friday. Yeah. Friday night, Saturday morning. But their boss, you know, oops, accidentally employment terminated. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do anything uh, about it. It's just I'm only joking, of course. No, no mistakes. No, 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 no need for that. To say it, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things that uh, unfortunately happens. But I thought as soon as it happened. Uh, Annoyed as I was, I'd actually think, say what, that'd be quite a good thing to mention on the podcast. Yeah, and, um, I, bet, I bet you kind of wanted to tweet or say something, didn't you, about it, in a sense. But you couldn't yeah. because I'd have seen it and then that would have ruined your show and tell. Yeah, so social media blackout on that front, but, yeah. uh, but there we go. Okay, so. enjoyed that. Thank you. My feature then, Fisher, um, sort of came because I was, I, so I used to work, obviously I used to work at Penison FM, uh, do a, a weekly radio show on a Sunday, 915, uh, 915, not 915, I used to play 915 by Dolly Parton yeah. occasionally, uh, but no, I used to do 3 well 6 on a Sunday afternoon, then I did a 10 well 12 show on a Sunday morning, the Sunday brunch, 95.7 Fisher. I used to mention it a lot in the early days of this podcast, but uh, anyway. But at that time, I used to work with someone called uh, John Murray, who is also a radio presenter uh, at the station. I think he's still there, maybe, maybe not, I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, he does. He, he's, he's also into things like podcasting like us, and he's about to start a new podcast called uh, Discustomer Service, um, which is going to be about funny stories from those that have worked in customer service and things like that in the past, and and various stuff like that. It sounds like a really interesting idea. Uh, But he kind of went viral earlier in the week because he posted a video on his TikTok. I ain't got TikTok, but I I hear a lot of good things or funny things happen on TikTok Mm -hmm. and get posted and probably some rubbish things as well. But anyway, John posted a video of himself uh, because he'd spotted that ShoeZone, who are a famous shoe manufacturer and retailer, um, they uh, had a change in their finance director so and they put a sort of press statement out and the uh the new finance director coming in uh was called uh what was his name uh trevor trevor boot i think it was or some terry boot yeah. that was it terry boot 
which obviously is funny because it's you know for, for you to work at shoe zone and be the finance director and be called Terry Boot. It's quite funny. But what's even funnier is a person who replaced who was called Peter Foot. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's amazing that this all happened do we say on National Foot Week as well or National Feet Week was it last yeah, week exactly yeah. The, yeah so it blended quite nicely because we talked about National Feet Week in yeah. last week's episode and I did that for my Ale and Audio episodes as well uh, so I thought this is a great idea we could do a quiz I could do a quiz for you about nominative determinism where people's names mm. sound like the jobs and all those kind of things because there's a lot of of examples of this out there um, which are quite yeah. funny so i've got some questions for you and we ho- are open to have john murray by the way come on um maybe next week maybe the week after and do me and you a quiz against each other about customer service funny stories and things like that and that'll kind of help yeah. them promote their new podcast as well so looking mm-hmm. forward to that uh do, do, does he promote us on his podcast well, or, he's, he's or not, not started or... yet so oh but i'm sure he will so, so so we're talking about a podcast that hasn't even started yet yeah Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, mate. It's, no, he's starting it next week. But anyway, are we ready? Yeah, we've been, we've been 93 episodes. And we're, <laughs> we're, we're talking about a podcast that's not even done anything yet. Yeah, mate. Yeah, but he, but yes, he gave us some great it. material, hasn't he? So anyway, yeah, yeah. are we ready then? So people who... So the, just an example of this, by the way, before I get started. Is it, Have you heard of Tom Kitchen before? Uh, yes, he's a, he's a little bit chef. Yeah. I think, we're right in thinking that he possibly looks a little bit like me as well. He, he does a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um... So yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, no, it's not. It's not a chef, is he? He's a model, of course. Perhaps we ought to do something <laughs> where we maybe we should post on our social media our pictures and then get pe- get people to say send in p- pictures back of the celebrities that we think we look like, and then we should maybe yeah. turn that into a feature in future weeks or something. I was thinking about that actually to do with something because I saw someone on television who I'd previously been likened to. Yeah. Um, which shall I tell you? Shall I tell you who it was? Go on, James McAvoy. Oh right, yeah, yeah. No, I can see it. I can see you with a uh, with as Mister Tumnus with uh, your sort of what do you call them legs sort of things, hoof legs things. Oh okay, yeah. He's on the uh, Narnia anyway. So your first question then, Fisher. Uh, I've got loads, but I'll keep them for future episodes. Maybe some of my ones that mm. people have called me and so on. But anyway, number one uh, in Deforest Madison. I don't know if I, in Deforest. It's just <laughs> a place called Deforest. All right, <laughs> in De- in De Forest, Madison, uh, one okay. Uh, the Sun Prairie Fire Department called for assistance to battle a house fire, uh, and the Dane County Airport fire crews responded. What was the name of the firefighter interviewed by the news channel? Was it A. Juan Scorcho, <laughs> or B. Les McBurney? Um, oh, Juan Scorcho. <laughs> No, that that sounds too much like something from the fast show, doesn't it? Surely that must be a character on there. One score um, Les Les McBurn, yeah, McBurney, I think is probably yeah, it's got to be Les McBurney, hasn't it? Correct. Well done. So Les McBurney, what a name for firefighter. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, number two, on a couple of occasions, various media outlets have interviewed uh, or spoken to a gentleman who wa- works for a water research centre, including the BBC and places like that. What is his name, though? A Paul Damp or B Andrew Drinkwater. Um, Paul Damp or Andrew Drinkwater. Well, Damp's not a very common surname, is it? Um, that I've heard of. That's where Drinkwater. Because there's a football called Danny Drinkwater, isn't there? Yeah. And didn't he get arrested for drink driving not yeah. too long ago? Which is quite uh, quite appropriate. <laughs> um, nah, I I think it must be Drinkwater. Yeah. 
You are correct. Well done. Yeah, I, I know what you mean with Danny Drinkwater. Because, uh, of course, yeah, he got arrested for drink driving and people were saying, well, maybe you should drink more water. But that's, I suppose yeah. the same said for, you know, the sort of late and tragic story of Amy Winehouse. Uh, her name was also not for, not helpful either, was it, considering uh, her problems and, and so on. Anyway, uh, number three. A couple of years ago, uh, there was a news story involving a shooting in St. Paul, Minnesota. What was the name of the police officer interviewed? A, Sergeant Paul Polos, or B, Sergeant Mike Sargent? Now, just to repeat the question, because you might need the question, uh, a couple of years ago, there was a news story involving a shooting in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, What was the name of the police officer interviewed? Sergeant Paul Polos, or B, Sergeant Mike Sargent? Sergeant Mike Sargent. I think, um, I suppose it reminds me a bit of, a few years ago, I went to watch uh, stand-up comedian Richard Herring, and he, uh, he did a little skit about... Um, it went into a fish and chip shop or something, and there was someone that said on it, he's got a name badge that said on it, Dave Manager. And he wasn't sure whether his name was Dave Manager or he was Dave and he was the manager. <laughs> and if he was called Dave Manager and he was the manager, would he have a name badge that said Dave Manager Manager and all that sort of stuff? So, Paul Paulos in St. Paul's or Mike Sargent, the police sergeant. So, I, I, think, I think it could have been Mike Sargent, the police sergeant. No, you're wrong. So, the answer here was um, Sergeant Paul Polos, who was a police officer for St. Paul, St. Paul's Police Force. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, even that, well, if you, the funny one there is that if you, if, if you, if your surname was Polos, why would you call your kid Paul? Yeah. It's a bit like Daisy Davis, isn't it? Yeah. If, 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 Magnuson and, yeah. if your second name was like Christofferson or something, your parents wouldn't have called you Chris, Chris Christofferson. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think some of it is because of particularly Scandinavians, yeah. um, the, the son becomes because of what your dad's yeah. called. So you're Magnus's son, but obviously you're carrying the family name, <laughs> which is Magnus, that kind of like flows down as well. <laughs> but there we go. Uh, next then, number four, what was Jason Weed arrested for in Oklahoma in 2017? A, urinating on a public memorial, or B, possession of marijuana? <laughs> uh, well, yes, obviously both, both could... Um, are fairly plausible. You know, it would you would have thought the more common crime is possession of marijuana as opposed to um, being on a, being on a public memorial. But it could have obviously been you know digging up um, you know impurities within a garden uh, when it wasn't <laughs> allowed to. But I think it's going to be the possession of marijuana. Well done. Yeah. Next then, what was the name of a well-known weather presenter who has been on various networks in America? A, Katie Storm, or B, Amy Freeze? Katie Storm, Amy Well, neither are particularly common surnames, are they? Storm or Freeze. Um, so I think Storm or Freeze. Um, I th- I think it's going to be Katie... F- I think it's going to be Freeze. You think it's going to be Amy Freeze? Amy Freeze, yeah. Okay, and you would be... Correct, well done. Um... She's married, so, I mean, I, I think she's kept her name the same, at least for sort of stage purposes anyway. Um, which which you, would, you would, if you were the presenter, you would do. But I did notice that her husband is called Gary Arbuckle, uh, which I thought would be funny if he also did a job that related to his <laughs> second name as well. Yeah. Anyway, question six. What is Gary Arbuckle's job? <laughs> <laughs> Gary Arbuckle. Oh. A, is he a weight loss specialist, or B, is he a gastric band surgeon? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Wait, 
So, oh, sorry, a weight loss specialist or a gastric band surgeon. Yeah, and his name's Gary Arbuckle. Arbuckle. Uh, um, oh, which of is course, a, which is a fairly... relating to uh, the, the old phrase, is it Fatty Arbuckle or something like that? Fatty Arbuckle, yeah. Mm. Well, there was an actor, wasn't it, called Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. I mm. think he was in a lot of the silent films of Buster Keaton, I think. Mm. I might, might be wrong on that front. But yeah, I think Arbuckle is, a, is actually a common surname in America. Well, not that common, but it's a... Not it's, it's not that much of a rare surname in in America. So is he a weight loss specialist or I guess I think he might be a weight loss specialist. Well done. I mean, it's so funny because I I saw his name like because because I googled Amy Freeze and tried to do a bit of reading about her and uh, was it Amy Freeze? I got the wrong one or Katie? Yeah, Amy Freeze. Freeze. Yeah. And uh, I thought and it came up saying you know married to uh, Gary Arbuckle and I thought. What are the chances? I just, I just Googled oh. it and, and did a bit of research, and would you believe? I couldn't believe it. So, <laughs> although this was an easy quiz to put together, because there's a lot of articles about this kind of thing out there, that was one that I found myself just through sort of sheer following so, yeah. a little bit of a, wouldn't it be funny if? Anyway, uh, number seven. The BBC interviewed a doctor from University College London about exercise, fitness, and the need to lose weight. What was his name? A, Patrick Heffer, or B, <laughs> Mike Loosemore. So, like, like Loosemore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, both, both of which are surnames. Yeah. Um, they, they, they both help as, uh, yeah, and, and, and apparently his job's involving uh, helping people with uh, issues where they the buttons pop off the suits and uh, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> um, Although, obviously, we've established that that didn't happen now. Well, it has happened, just not on that suit uh, <laughs> or at that particular point in time. Um, Heifer or Loosemore? I, I think maybe Loosemore might be... Might be the one on that one. Well done, yeah. Mike Loosemore, uh, who advises on uh, losing weight and fitness and stuff like that. <laughs> Number B, we're back to uh, weather presenters now, and there's a BBC weather presenter with a name uh, linking nicely to their job. So it's a BBC uh, British weather person. A, is it Lucy Frost, or B, is it Sarah Blizzard? So it's whether you've seen them on the weather before. Um, I haven't seen either of them on the weather. I don't. I don't really watch the weather forecast that much. The, un- the, un- the only one I've seen is where that uh, bloke accidentally put his middle-, middle finger up to camera and then tried to make it look like he was scratching his face, if you remember that. Yeah. Tom- <laughs> that Tom- Tom- Thomas Schaffernacker, which, uh, to the best of my knowledge, does- isn't a weather-related yeah. um, surname. I think that... So what were the options? Frost or Blizzard? Lucy I mean, I Frost or Sarah Blizzard. I don't know many I don't know many surnames with people called Blizzard, so I'm going to say Lucy- I'm gonna say Frost as a surname. Yeah. Sarah Blizzard. Just sound like yeah. I made that one up, doesn't it? Uh, I'm actually yeah. uh, very, very because my gran, you know, my gran is obsessed with like ancestry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am related to a former BBC weather presenter. She might still be a BBC weather presenter. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, called Sarah Wilmshurst, and in, in very, in, in a very mm-hmm. sort of very minor, 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 somehow I'm related to her. Is yeah. that on your mum's side of the family or dad's side of the family? My dad's side of the family. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, I was I was on a quiz the other night and um, it was an anagrams round. Yeah. Um the <laughs> the anagram was bear something. So I said, Is that bear spelled B A R E or B E A R? And I wait for the person to start working out. I said, Oh, does it not really matter because it's an anagram anyway, so you know. <laughs> uh, have but, you got have you got any famous fishers in your family? Anyone who does any fishing or any anyone who was a fisherman or is it was a champion fisher or anything like that? Uh not that I'm aware of, no. No. Um so my, my, my dad went fishing like once or twice, I believe, but other than that, no, we've not done any any particular quite, foray it, into fishing. If you or anyone in your family ever became some sort of king, that'd be quite cool as well, because you'd be like King Fisher yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> anyway. Or sold toys or anything like that. Yeah. 
Fisher Price, yeah. Uh, no, we, we, we've not done anything along those lines okay. yet, unfortunately. Disappointing. Next then, yeah. uh, oh. this is brilliant. What is the name of one of the directors of one of the largest hunger relief organisations, Food for the Poor? Is it A, Robin Mafood, or B, Nick Meals? <laughs> Nick Meals. Um, Robin Mafood. That's, that's, Mafood's surely not... Oh, oh yeah, okay. M-A, uh, the surname M A. F double O D, my food, and first name Robin. Yeah, Robin, my food. I did, I did once uh, have to report a a, a break in um, and the theft of something to uh, someone called Robin, which made me quite, uh, which made me laugh quite a bit a number of years ago. Um, I think, I think it might be Nick Meals. And you would be wrong. <laughs> Robin Mafood is uh, what well, whether he's still the director now I'm not 100% sure but anyway uh number 10 so there's uh, 12 in total I think kind of there's an extra there's a double question coming up uh, but number 10 the BBC interviewed someone called Dr Pam Graves what do you think her job was was she a a funeral director or b an archaeologist well yeah could be both fairly plausible both uh, both both potential jobs I think funeral uh, I would have thought I thought archaeologist probably sounds. I, I, I thought I, I think you'd be more likely to interview an archaeologist than you would a um, funeral director. I, I don't think funeral directors get on the news that often, as where archaeologists might have found some, yeah, might have found some ancient discovery in some, you know, old field that turned out just to be some buttons that popped off someone's suit <laughs> as opposed to something that had happened two thousand years ago. So I think she might be an archaeologist. Very good. Uh, apparently, a lot of people have taken up. There's a couple of things or points I want to make here. A lot of people have taken up metal detecting, haven't they, during lockdown and stuff like that? Some mm. some old hobbies have sort of, you know. I used to have a metal detector years and years and years ago. I don't yeah. know why. It's probably just one of those things that Halford sold for five minutes that my dad thought, oh, that's a great idea. Because yeah. Halford's one of those places that just decide, they, they, they just try and sell. Occasionally, they have these things where they try and sell anything, you know. Mm. They've kind of gone yeah, into think... the world of camping, haven't they, and stuff like that now as well, so. I ended up getting yeah, a lot of, like random camping equipment, even though I hate camping. Um, anyway. Oh, uh, well, thanks for that, Jimbo. I mean, there's some bikes as well as motoring stuff, which is a slightly strange concept, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Where motoring specialist and bikes as well, you know, you can yeah. have a vehicle or not a vehicle, it doesn't matter. We're both fine with that. Um, um, but good place, Halford, sir. Always, I, always quite impressed with it. I was going to say as well uh, that there has been a news story today. Um, obviously, on the sensitive side, it's a, it's a sad story, but uh, there was a, a headline that I saw today. Um, dead man found in cemetery. Uh, I think he's in Manchester or something like that, uh, or Bolton. I think it was actually maybe. But well, yeah, uh, obviously an unfortunate headline, but also mm. the fact that you know. Uh, actually, we we, yeah. we haven't done headline of the week, have we? Have we got headline of the week? Should we, should, we, should we come back to it then, or um, should, we, should we say it now? Just because, uh, Go just while we're thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so I said it to you the other night, which was that uh, Nottinghamshire Police first are the first. Th- Nottinghamshire Police Force are the first in the country to appoint a dog theft lead. <laughs> um, so it's an odd choice it makes it sound like there was some kind of the lead itself would stop dogs from being stolen oh very good um, so back to this question the quiz then number 11 in the 2014 International Tree Climbing Championships uh, oh, sorry the 2014 International Tree Climbing Championships that do exist uh, uh-huh. it was won by who A. Michael Branch or B. Scott Forrest um, <laughs> so again, it's one of those like if you're, you know, if you're gonna, it does because you've got a name like Branshaw Forest, does it sort of automatically mean that you want to go out and start climbing trees and getting really good yeah. at it that you win a 
a, a big championship. So is it Michael yeah. Branch or Scott Forrest? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought you were going to may- maybe mention the names of types of trees that are actually on beach or something like that. But yeah, Branch or Forrest. Or Branch. I- I- I'm going to say Forrest because I think that's a slightly more common surname than Branch. So. Well done. So I also had a quick look, you know, because that was the men's section. I thought, well, let's just have a look, you know, who won the women's championship that year. So what was her name? Was it A, Charlotte Bush or, G- or B, Joe Hedger? <laughs> <laughs> You can't, you can't make it up, can you? It's crazy. So, so what was it, Bush or... And it's the same year as well. So it's yeah. it's either the women's champion that same year was either Charlotte Bush or Joe Hedger. Joe Hedger. <sighs> no, it's, it can't It can't be It can't be Bush. I mean, that Hedger, I mean, obviously, is also bad, but Bush would just be worse. Yeah, it's going to have to be Hedger. I'm going to say Hedger. Well done, you're correct, yeah. But what are the chances? Like, in fact, the, the article I was reading made absolutely no reference to the, the <laughs> fact that the women's champion was Joe Hedger. They completely missed it. And I thought, how, how in the same year as well? You, anyway, crazy. I think, that, I think that probably says more about the general reporting between men's and women's achievements than it does about anything else. Possibly, yeah. Your last question then. Uh, back in 2016, American... Uh, you might remember this one, maybe. Uh, but back in 2016, the American uh, election, news network MSNBC had an analyst predicting the results. What was her name? A, Crystal Ball, or, <laughs> or B, Ellie Fraud? <laughs> it can't be called... It, no, there is, there is not... I do not believe anyone is called Crystal Ball. No, just... You can't. No, this is America. We're talking about. It is America. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a bit like again talking about Christopher Christopherson and various other things and David Davis. You, you just don't call your child that. There, so it's got to be the other. It, it must be. Sorry, Emma Fraud. Did you say Ellie Fraud? Ellie Fraud. It's. I think it's got to be that. I can't. I can't believe that someone will be called Crystal Ball. No, it is Crystal Ball. <laughs> Uh, no. well, mate, no. but I mean, how I, did you know? It's, it's strange, isn't it? Like you know, how you know the fact that Mystic Meg grew up to be a, a <laughs> no, that's that's not right, is it? No, that wasn't actually a real name. But but but, but she was she was Dominic Dom, you know, Dick and Dom, Dom Dom, whatever his second name is. Yeah, uh, that was her his mum, wasn't it? It still is his mum. Not going to change. Uh, oh yes, yes, I believe it is. Yeah, it's quite interesting because that bloke's a bit of a dick in general as well. So <laughs> I've been watched Dick and Dom in the bungalow and various other such things. So did you uh, enjoy that? Uh, that was very good. Thank you very much, Jimbo. So we are going to pause for a slight ad break. I said I was going to do something in this ad break. I'm going to message me mum on Mother's Day. Yeah. Here we go. So uh, Carol, uh, so Daryl has gone off uh, off radar a little bit. We can't get older, Daryl. Uh, he's not paid his uh, advertising fees either, has he? Um, but fortunately, Carol stepped in uh, to help him yep. out. Beep, beep! It's me, Carol, and I've got a new job working as a taxi driver. In spite of having a terrible record with the taxman, I'm now working as a taxi man! Actually, that doesn't make much sense, but this advert was originally written for Daryl, but he's hiding from the police again, so I'm doing the job for him. I'm putting my record of dodgy behaviour behind me so that I can see in my rearview mirror. Whatever one of those is. I love my work, whether it's sitting on strange seat covers with those weird beards on them or meeting new people. That said, I don't like how much people talk behind my back while I'm taxiing. 
I know that me becoming a taxi driver is quite a shock and it happened all of a sudden, but part and parcel of being a taxi driver is doing things without much indication. I had to jump into action the other day when a man leapt into my taxi and told me that his wife was about to give birth and was being rushed to the maternity ward, so he greatly needed my assistance. As quick as a flash, I took him to the hospital, but he wasn't happy, as it turned out that he wanted me to take him to the nearest airport instead. Anyhow, I'm loving being a taxi driver, and please get in touch if you'd like to use my services. The only downside so far has been cleaning my taxi after a bird shit on the windscreen. I had to charge her an extra £60, and I won't give her a lift again. Very good. So, Carol getting much business. Yeah, she's doing very well there. My, my wife reading the part of Carol there. <laughs> the, the terrible language as well that she used. Yeah, I bet she really didn't want to say that, did she? No, it, it was for me to put the shit in her mouth, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but there we go. Anyway, uh, shall we shall we talk about uh, briefly about the news then? So obviously the the big thing really is the Harry and Meghan interview, uh, and then obviously resulting with Piers Morgan resigning, which is great. I mean that that was a that was a good yeah. thing to come from it all, wasn't it? Well um, worth it. I mean the royal family might be falling apart a little bit, but um, it, it's funny that yeah. as soon as he was being pressed, Piers Morgan, he decided to just get up and walk off. Um, yeah. Whereas I don't think any of his guests have actually done that before when he's press them as much as he had it's a bit of a funny one isn't it because in in all honesty uh it, it, this year i think piers morgan probably won a few more people over than he had pre- previously because of how much he did actually push the government with certain things mm. um and and he, he seemed to have in, in some ways with the pandemic stuff he seemed to have a decent voice of reasoning in many cases which was quite surprising because people found that they were actually for once agreeing with things piers morgan said um, but yeah. we know what Piers Morgan does. He likes to say whatever he can to appeal to as many people as possible, and that's how he how he does what he does. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm certainly finding more appealing now. He's not on our television anymore. Yeah. I mean, good on him, <laughs> well done. Thank you very much. At last, we agree with something that he's done. But yeah, as I say, you do make the point that he's consistently, um, to be fair, I think done quite a good job of interviewing some of our politicians, um, asking them difficult questions, pressing them, um, and I think there's generally been quite a reluctance. Um, from our politicians to appear on Good Morning Britain and answer the questions that Piers Morgan shouts at them quite a lot. Um, <laughs> as a sorry, and and, some... and he and he, he has uh, kind of swallowed his pride a little bit, I think, with uh, the Trump stuff as well. Because if you remember right at the mm. start, he was very sort of complimentary and over complimentary and a little bit too much mm. with Trump, weren't he? A bit too too much of a supporter, considering what was going on with Trump and so on. And then I think he kind of uh, came round to sort of seen a bit more sense and sort of, you know, so in, in fairness, he's got that. But yeah, a lot better to have him off the screens because uh, let's face it, he was, he, just because you've got freedom of speech doesn't mean that you can't be told you can whatever that what you want, you're yeah. saying um, isn't right and, and that you can just say yeah. whatever you want without, you know, but anyway. Yeah, so obviously that's 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 been one, uh, one story that's been going around this week. Um, obviously, the interview itself, I mean, did you watch it, Jimbo? I think you, did you say earlier on that you did I watch did, it? I did, yeah. We, we didn't... Um, I, I saw the highlights of it later on on terrestrial TV. Um, was it was and... the highlights just Oprah going? <gasps> yeah, <gasps> she, she did actually. She said something that was very Donald Trump esque at one point. I saw in the highlights where she said, "She said, were you silent or were you silenced?" <laughs> and that that sounded very much like the kind of thing that Donald, Donald Trump would have said. 
Um, but Prince Harry revealed that Prince Charles no longer takes his calls, which, to be fair to Prince Charles, it's not necessarily his fault. He's just got those sausage fingers nowadays. Yeah. He probably can't answer <laughs> the phone when it comes in. <laughs> yeah. That's what's happening there. Yeah. But he's, he's, and he said that he and Prince William are on different paths. He loves him as a brother, but they're on different paths nowadays. It's very strange. Um, I think I think people forget that, and and, uh, and uh, I think people forget that the royal family are not a normal family by any means at all. They they do not, you know, I I don't think they have that sort of closeness that other families have. It is very much, and it's just something they've been born into, and it's the way that they are. They don't have that. That sort, I don't. I, from from what you hear and what you read and what you've, you, you know, what sort of people who've worked with the royal family and in that sort of area have said, um, it's they just don't. It's not like a normal family, so it's it's hard to think. Oh, they don't talk to the brother because you know it, it, it's. I mean, we do, you do have people who don't talk to the brothers for whatever reason, but they're not. It, it was never that sort of relationship, anyway. Is probably what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. I think I think it's fair to say yes, it's not a normal family, but they don't live a, a very normal life. Um, no. I mean, has your mate Paul Burrell had anything to say about this at all? Do you know? Funny that you asked this because yeah. <laughs> I, I I posted uh, some in, earlier in the week on my social media channels. I shared some interactive beer mats, so augmented reality mm. beer mats that I've been working on as a bit of a, <laughs> a fun thing to do, maybe a good way for us to promote a podcast or even pubs to get people to the social media channels and things like that. Mm. Contact me if you're interested. But anyway, yeah. um, and... Paul Burrell liked it. Did he? <laughs> Again. He's, un- he's unstoppable, that So man. I've got approval from the, uh, from, from Roy- well, not royalty himself, not but really. uh, former royal Thinks he is, staff. but yeah, he's not. So I don't, I don't know what, what Paul, I don't know why Paul Burrell's so keen on my work. But anyway, so. I don't know. Whether don't it's know. the beers that I drink or the beer mats that I share. Uh, but anyway. Or just the gem- general way you go about your life, Paul Burrell likes it, obviously. Um so yeah, it was interesting that as uh, him and Prince Harry, uh, or oh, sorry, Prince Harry said that he, he and Prince William, he very much loves him as a brother. However, uh, they are on different paths nowadays. But they are keen apparently to get together uh, later on this year to unveil a statue of Princess Diana on what would have been her 60th birthday. I just can't help think at the moment that really it's not very common, is it, nowadays that a statue actually unites people and brings people together. I mean, sure, it tends to be exactly the opposite. Perhaps it's going to be that Prince Prince William, uh, William unveils the statue, then Prince Harry runs up and shoves it into a pond or something. I mean, that <laughs> seems to be the way things have been going in the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, because Prince Harry said, of course, like he he doesn't feel he got much, you know, support from his dad. Um, James Hewitt's been very quiet about it, um, <laughs> but uh, he's not said much at all. But anyway, let's uh, should we move on? So Joe Biden. Should we move on? Uh, Joe Biden's got two dogs. Yeah, and one of them has. Um, yeah, Joe Biden's got two dogs and they both had to move out of the White House because one of them has bitten a security guard apparently um, so if Melania Trump is watching this that's what you should have done four <laughs> years ago to make sure you didn't have to live with Donald Trump in the White House for four years well, well what I don't get is why is the dog being booted out to me I think the dog was doing a better job than the security guard, so it should have been the security <laughs> guard. But if it was like some sort of competition, like which one am I going to keep? Right, well, looks like the dog's won. So, you know, <laughs> on your way, yeah. Mr. Security Guard, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, there we are. So it's, yes, surely part and parcel of being a security guard should be looking after dogs and making sure you can effectively use them as part of your part of your uh, tools of the job mm-hmm. and not get bitten by one, you would have thought. And uh, one, one to finish on, uh, Murray Walker. Uh, we'll just finish on mm. this bit and then we'll move on to your feature. But yeah, sad, sad news that uh, Murray Walker 
it was announced yesterday, weren't it, that he's uh, he's passed away? And you've got some quotes for us, haven't you? Um, I've got some it's, quotes. It's a great, from... It was a great broadcaster, weren't he, and what he did and stuff. And it makes me wonder. Like, it might be too soon to say this, but uh, it, it, I'd like to say it in tribute. But you know, when when they sort of you know open the doors at the, uh, the sort of funeral parlor or wherever they are when they you know when they're coming into the crematorium, they're going to shout "Go, go, 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 go" or something like that. Uh, that's that's in tribute to him, rather in tribute than, to him, yeah. of course. But anyway, Fisher, what have you got? In terms of quotes. Uh, yeah, there's a number of quotes about Murray Walker. Um, in- interestingly, do you know who's who he was born on the same day as Murray Walker? Another elderly gentleman um, who died last year. Oh, okay. Uh, last this year, he said. Uh, last year, last year. So Murray Walker was 97 when he died. Yeah. Um, and la- last year, Nicholas Parsons died, who right, was born okay. on the same day as Murray Walker. I, yeah. I only I only knew that because on the same I read an article on the same day about both of them about. It's two separate articles, one about yeah. Murray Walker turning 90 and Nicholas Parsons turning 90. I thought, hang on, I'm sure he turned, it's turning 90. I didn't, didn't realise so. Murray Walker was that old, to be honest. Yeah, so I think he was He worked for a long time, didn't he? Yeah, it was only a few years yeah. ago, maybe. He's what, maybe in the last five to ten years that he, he retired. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's some cracking quotes from Murray Walker over the, <laughs> over the, uh, over the years, uh, which include, the lead car is unique, except from the one behind it, which is identical. Um, there are seven winners of the Monaco Grand Prix on the starting line today and four of them are Michael Schumacher (laughs) I don't make mistakes I make prophecies which immediately turn out to be wrong (laughs) Uh, this would have been Senna's third win in a row if he'd have won the two before this Um, with the race half gone there's still half the race to go so I think my my first memories of Murray Walker was on not actually on maybe on the sort of Formula One itself because I I got to admit I've never really been into watching it and so on but I do remember having a Formula One game when I first got my first PlayStation PlayStation One um, and the first game I had was Formula One and uh, obviously older games used to repeat themselves like they they weren't as advanced into how many sort of quotes they had on them so you just hear the same thing said by Murray Walker over and over again and it got got, <laughs> got quite annoying if anything but. Uh, yeah. Outside of that, it was a it was a brilliant broadcaster. Yeah, it was a fantastic broadcaster and uh, a job well done. But so, yeah, unfortunately, sadly, no longer with us. Um, and I think, like a lot of people, someone who kind of um, gave us an introduction to sport, really, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and the commentary on there, people like him, Richie Benno, Peter Alice, and various other um, sport broadcasters who are sadly no longer with us. So on we go to the next part of the show. I think, Jimba. <laughs> How many questions have you got today? Forty-two or something. This beard's very itchy. Uh, what was sorry, I didn't I said how many questions? You, you've got about forty-two questions today or something because this beard's very itchy. Uh, and Sheffield Wednesday, only... Sheffield Wednesday kick off in about uh, thirty-five minutes. All right. Well, I've got eleven questions actually. Oh, that's all right. So the one of my favourite podcasts is a podcast called No Such Thing as a Fish, and which I think you've probably listened to a couple of times as well. And it's done by the QI Elves who. Um, I think when they were doing some research for QI, I realised that there was quite a lot of material that didn't make it into the episodes of QI, but they got some quite interesting things. So they decided to start making a podcast every week with just a fact that they found out that didn't make it into a television programme. And I think they've done about 300 episodes nowadays. And because it's 35 years of comic relief next week, they did a podcast episode that lasted about 20 hours. So they had 35 different guests on 35 minutes each. And 35 different facts. And I thought I would name the celebrity and name the fact that Is that, that broke a world record, by the way? 
Uh, I don't think so. I don't think. I mean, can you only imagine if we podcasted for twenty hours? How many times you'd have to go to the toilet? During that <laughs> hey, I'm, uh, all, I'm doing all right today. I don't even feel don't even feel like it's going to be necessary at all today. Okay. So I've got all thirty-five facts that I'm going to read out to you. And uh, now there's, there's there's only there's only well there's ten, but I added a bonus one actually. Yeah. Um, and I thought I'd name the name the person and what was their facts okay. and see if you can guess what it was. Um. And it might be the case that we do volume two of this next week, perhaps, but we will uh, we will see. So, um, the first up is actually not on the Notice Things of Fish podcast, but it's something I came across this morning um, when we're talking about Murray Walker. So, I've got something to do with Murray Walker as my first one. So, if I'd have been on, I'd have mentioned Murray Walker as my fact. And what would what fact would I have given about Mars bars? Is it that Murray Walker ate a Mars bar every single race or before every single race he commentated on? Or... Is it that Murray Walker is responsible for coining the phrase "a Mars a day helps you work, rest, and play"? Ooh. Um. Now I don't think he'd have been responsible for the phrase, as good as a as a as he was with words and a brilliant sports broadcaster. I don't think he would have came up with the phrase, and I reckon, yeah. I reckon, uh, yeah, it's the other one, and he had, he had a Mars bar before each um, before each for each race. race. Yeah. Uh, you'll be wrong. Okay. <laughs> Uh, apparently, prior to being a commentator, he used to work as an advertising executive, and um, yeah, he's, he was partly responsible for the Mars a day helps you work, rest, and play. Oh, sorry, now a Mars a day um, will make you obese and be very bad for your health. <laughs> sorry, it's the it's a phrase nowadays. Of course, uh, talking about sports broadcasting, something we did forget to mention in the news uh, was the ESPN studio mm, little thing course, that happened yeah. this week. They were they were sort of doing the punditry in the studio, weren't they? Talking about. I don't know what had been on. Was it was it an American football game or something like that? Um, I think so. Yeah. And part of the studio basically collapsed onto one of the pundits, didn't it? So, mm. but obviously we don't. You know, we are quite. You know, we're quite a safe podcast in terms. Of we always check that our studio is secure and we don't have any issues like that ever. So, <laughs> most of the time. So, for any audio listeners there, Jimbo just uh, had an ironing board fall on top of him whilst he was saying that. <laughs> is that, that what it is? Well. Is that what it is? I think so, yeah. That's an ironing board. Apparently so, yeah. I don't know what it's used for. But... I thought it was for surfing. Yeah. Um, it's an ironing board. It's that thing that we don't need to use now we're in lockdown. So oh, know. right, okay. It's, yeah, I've, I've not ironed a shirt sort of in almost a year or so. <laughs> um, I've been doing one every day for work. Wait, well, um, it's easy for you because you can just iron the shirts that got no buttons on and that they don't get in the way then, don't they? So... <laughs> They have to work around with me. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, actually, does does, uh, does does your wife's cardigan need much iron? <laughs> no, it's all right. There's not much to iron on it anyway because it's not got the long sleeves, so it's a lot easier. Um, but it's on, on the subject of Murray Walker. Actually, I, I know we've drifted off already after after literally one question that wasn't even on the right topic. Um, one of my favourite Murray Walker moments in terms of quizzes was when Murray Walker was the answer to a quiz question on a local radio quiz. And the contestant couldn't quite work out what the answer was. So the presenter said, I'll give him a clue. I'll give him a clue. And he said, um, he said, OK, so I'll give you a bit of a clue. It's a sports commentator. Their first name is something that you can suck. <laughs> Obviously making a reference to Murray Mintz, yeah. Murray Walker. Yeah. Guess what the contestant said? No idea. Is it Dickie Davis? <laughs> oh, God. Hey, this could have come up in a quiz a few weeks ago. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But he didn't. <laughs> um, anyway. Well, there we go. Anyway, back on back on to actually the No Such Things of Fish podcast and the guests that came on. Michael Palin was the first guest on um, No Such Things of Fish, and he had a fact about climbing Mount Everest. What was his fact? Was it 
that one of the first planes to climb Mount Everest, well, sorry, one of the first plans to climb Mount Everest was to crash a plane into the side of the mountain and then climb up from the wreckage. Or that one of the initial plans to make climbing Mount Everest easier involved using dynamite to blow up part of the mountain, thereby making it smaller and easier to climb. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 I mean, they both sound like ridiculous ideas, obviously. <laughs> but yeah. I reckon that the the second one, you wouldn't want to destroy a mountain. I think there'd be a lot of issues with that. And what's the point in? You might as well just go for a smaller mountain. Um, yeah, but then it wouldn't be the highest mountain in the world, would it? I mean, yeah, but I presume they're only trying to bring it down to the highest, the high, the second highest mountain. Anyway, uh, can I just show you this? Oops. Oh, granny mobile, grandma yeah. mobile. She's at it again. She's at it again. Yeah. You know, she. Always goes, how can we listen to your podcast? I've told her lots of times how to do yeah. it, um, but I need, what, I need to. How can you not interrupt the podcast? Is what she needs mm. to be asking. Anyway, uh, so perhaps that's how she wants to listen to it. She wants to ring you and just put her on speakerphone. She can sit there and listen to it. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm going to say it's the other one. It's the pl- crashing the plane into a mountain. You'll be right. Well done. <laughs> so, next up, Sandy Toxvig was second, current uh, host of QI. I think Michael Palin actually was meant to be the host of QI originally. Do you know who Michael Palin is? From Monty Python, Python and... yeah, and he's a traveller. Yeah, around the world. In... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he was be... Documentary maker, isn't he? Yeah, I think he was meant to be the host of QI, and it was meant to be two teams, Stephen Fry on one team as the clever team, and Alan Davis on the not-quite-so-clever team, and then Michael Pellion dropped out, so Stephen Fry ended up presenting it, apparently. Um, so Sandy Toxvig, current host of QI, uh, she was second up, and her fact was about Hans Christian Andersen, uh, fellow Dane. So what was it, the fact about Hans Christian Andersen? Was it that, as well as being a fiction writer, he also it was also created as writing the Danish national anthem? Or is that when he slept... He had a note next to him saying, "I'm not dead. I just look it." <laughs> um, so the the so the, f- the second one, he 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 didn't. He obviously was worried about people presuming he was dead and putting him in a coffin or something and taking him away. Yeah. Or the first must one must have been a very heavy sleeper, no doubt. <laughs> the first one um, is that he wrote the Danish national anthem. Ooh, uh, let's go with the second one. I think it's going to be this, the sec- the second one, the strange one, because people can get ir- irrational fears fears about things, can't they? Yeah. And you'd be correct. Well done. Um, next up, uh, Ian Hislop was the fourth uh, person up, and he had a fact, fact about Margaret Thatcher. Is it that Margaret Thatcher and the Eiffel Tower had the same nickname, or that she was Margaret Thatcher was a talented violin player and played at the Royal Opera House as a teenager? I think I think that, that was true. I think about Margaret Thatcher being a talented violinist. I think I think that is a thing. Cause I'm sure I've seen it in the Crown. I think, oh, or, right. or on something else. But yeah, I reckon I reckon that's the answer. Yeah, she's a talented violin player, and you'll be wrong. Oh. You completely made that up as well. Uh, well, I completely made it up. I do, I do apologise if it transpires that that's true, but I'm I'm not aware of that being true. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if the nickname for the Eiffel Tower might also be the Iron Lady. Perhaps I'm assuming that's what the same nickname is, but right. I don't know. I've never heard the Eiffel Tower being referred to as the Iron Lady, not in the UK anyway. Um, but there we go. So next up, Stephen Fry was fifth. Um, he's obviously used to host QI, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, what was his fact about Twitter? Was it that the second person on Twitter was Jack Dorsey's mum, or was it that the first animal named after Twitter was a parasite that sucked balls? <laughs> Uh, Jack Dorsey is the one who came up with Twitter, is that right? Yes. Actually, did you see, I don't know if you saw it, it was in the news last week about selling the first tweet. I think so, yeah, because we were talking about uh, stuff. Is this when you sort of mentioned things like uh, Elon Musk 
buying into Bitcoin and stuff like that. Did you mention it last yeah. week? Oh, did you say Bitcoin's now worth uh, $60,000 per Bitcoin? Yeah, so my, do you want me to tell you how much it's worth now? Because I checked on, after you yeah. said something. So I, I got £10 of Bitcoin, basically, 10 English pounds worth of, of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. um, which is not much in terms of what Bitcoin actually is. Um, mm-hmm. But let me just have a look. I mean, I don't know how this is going to be ever useful to me. I was thinking about buying some more at some stage. But uh, mm-hmm. So let's have a look. My Bitcoin now is worth £15.74. <laughs> In, 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 in like helps. a month, in from a mm. month ago. Yeah, but you'll have to buy something with it and let it grow. And yeah, because you can't, you can't just withdraw that, can you? No, no, you can't withdraw it. You've got to buy something with it. What, what you're probably best off doing is buying ten pounds worth of stuff via Bitcoin and then just leaving anything else in there just as your profit. You've had, you've had your money there. Would I not just leave it and let it grow? Well, what if it doesn't happen now? I don't know. I've put an alert on there to see when it drops again, when it drops down again below a certain mm. level, I might buy some yeah. more. Because you presume things go up, down slightly, don't they? They rise a bit more. They sort of go like a bit like a up and then down and up and then up and it keeps going a bit. You know, that, maybe that will happen. I, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but anyway. Right. Um, well, these are the joys of investing in the modern world, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, well, I think Elon Musk bought, was it £1.5 billion? Pounds, uh, $1.5 billion worth of Is that Bitcoin what sent time? it going up, basically? I presume that kind of created a bit of a bit of a ruction within the market you would have thought sort of someone buying that that large mm-hmm. frequency of it because there's only a certain amount of bitcoin that exists in the world isn't there? is that we I mean, don't yeah i mean because they're not being sort of produced so it kind of gets to us or it's only been produced at a certain rate. right okay it's one of the th- one of the things that fascinates me a little bit actually about some of the how do you actually create money in the first place i mean how do you get more money because you're not, you're not meant to, I, I know the government sort of sometimes does this quantitative easing where they print more money off and put more <laughs> money into the system but surely Someone starts off with a certain amount of money, and that gets—I I, I fully appreciate that it gets kind of distributed around, and you buy something. But how do you create the wealth? I don't—I don't understand the, some of that part of the economics of it. No idea. But there we go. I don't know. Don't know. But anyway, um, do you want to answer the question I asked, baby? I forgot what the question was. Yeah, yeah it's all right. So have I. Uh, Stephen <laughs> Fry was the fifth, and he, what was his fact about Twitter? Was it that the second person on Twitter was Jack Dorsey's mum? Jack Dorsey was the creator and first person on Twitter. Uh, or was it that the first animal named after Twitter was a parasite that sucks balls? <laughs> the first animal named after Twitter. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the, sec- the first one is very feasible because, uh, like, you need someone to test things out on, don't you? And, you know, you mm. can't just sort of, I suppose you could tweet yourself, but would you have made a dummy account, really, before? But you might have, used, you might have made a dummy account in his mum's name. Mm. I reckon it's the second one. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like that thing, isn't it, where they talk about uh, Sheffield FC being the first ever football team and Hallam FC being the second football team. Yeah. You think, well, yeah, that's be a second team because otherwise they're just <laughs> going to play against themselves. You know, they have not opponents to play against. You know what they do for the first couple of years? It's the um, second one. So you one. think it's the second one? The parasite, yeah. Uh, you'd be correct. Well done. Uh, so next up, um, have you heard of the podcast My Dad Wrote, wrote a Porno? I um, have, Yes. Yeah, not not something I've ever listened to. To be fair, I mean, I suppose uh, since his, were... since since his retirement from Schweppes, uh, he's obviously <laughs> had not had much time. He's had a lot more time yeah. than his hands. So yes, um, so yes, my dad wrote a porno. Was the is this fifth, a show and tell, uh, Fisher? <laughs> it is def- most definitely not. Um, <laughs> but they were on sick. Um, so what was their fact about space travel? Was it that in 1921 it was believed a new planet had been discovered between Uranus and Pluto? It turned out to be some dirt on the telescope lens, or in 2008, a message was beamed to a planet 20 light years away. It contained a picture of Richard and Judy. <laughs> well, 
Um, are you sure it wasn't Les Dennis? And uh, that's how I ended up a, yeah. a 3D or like sort of rock type thing with Les Dennis's face end up on Mars. And, uh, I don't know. I, I reckon. I reckon the dirt thing could have been, would have been the first thing you'd check or one of the first things you'd check with a telescope sort of thing when you discover new planets and so on. But I mm. I, I appreciate that they're going to be very very advanced telescopes and, and so on. Um, so I, I reckon it's the second one, the, the mad one about Richard and Judy. Uh, you'd be correct. Well done. Uh, so next up, uh, soon to be our friend Richard Osman. He was on eighth. Um, you know, we might as yet we've not been contacted by Pointless yet, but there's still hope. I mean, we're not in the same social bubble, so that's a slight problem. And obviously, I can't <laughs> wear the ass for the next next few days as well. So Richard Osman was on eighth. What was his fact about who wants to be a millionaire? Is it the person who wrote the theme tune also wrote the song Mistletoe and Wine, or the person who created Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is created as as is credited as creating one other program, Scrap Heap Challenge? Uh, I, I watched Quiz, which was the uh, drama about um, who wants to be a millionaire. Ah, right, okay. And it's very. Have you watched it before? I haven't. About seen it, no. about Charles Ingram. It's about. Yes. It's, it's really good program actually. Well put together. And uh, hmm. what do they call him? Uh, plays Chris Tarrant, who does a, a what's Michael name? Sheen. That's the one. Does a, a brilliant job at that as well. Yeah. Um I, I and I do remember they they kind of they were they were struggling for ideas and stuff like that. So. I think it might be the Scrap Heat Challenge one because I think I think there was a you know they they were the person who created they had this sort of brainwave with it but they'd not really had many other sort of successes with other things from what I remember watching the quiz so I think it might be that. Okay, and you'd be wrong, unfortunately. So they also wrote Mistletoe and Wine. Also wrote Mistletoe and Wine, apparently. I'm not quite sure of this person's name, or I've not I've not done actually any I've not fact checked any of these stuff, but I'm assuming that. Bear in mind the said by celebrities must yeah. be true. I mean, these are these are actual sort of celebrities, not just sort of Instagram influencers and all that sort of stuff. Um, next up, Sue Perkins was on ninth. What was her fact about Barack Obama? Was it that a basketball used whilst he visited a school in Middlebury, Vermont, in 2013, where he scored a basket, was sold on eBay for nearly thirty thousand dollars, or that after a trip to Kenya by Barack Obama in 2015, someone named one of their children Air Force One. I think I might have heard about this because uh, I think the person who bought the ball, the basketball for $33,000, whatever it were, uh, mm. on on receiving the payment, the check bounced. Uh, <laughs> <for> the, <laughs> uh, oh, my headphones are falling off. And the other the other one was about Air Force One. Just remember what the other one was. Uh, so after a trip to Kenya by Barack Obama in 2015, um, someone named their child Air Force One. I'm going to go with a basketball one on this one, I think. Uh, you'd be incorrect, unfortunately. Uh, next up on 10th, we're a podcast called The Guilty Feminist Podcast, which I'm not sure if you've heard of that at all. Um, I think I've listened to it a couple of times. Deborah Francis White um, is on it. And what was their fact about the Boston Marathon? Is it that the first woman to run the Boston Marathon was the only woman, so literally ran it on her own? Or that the first woman to run the Boston Marathon was advised by doctors that her uterus might fall out? <laughs> right. Okay. You don't want that happening, do you? Uh, probably well, not really a problem I would ever face. No, honestly, but um, <laughs> this is exactly why I don't go running. Um, yeah. The last thing I want is my uterus falling out. Uh, I mean, it, it can be a thing, can't it? You know, depending on mm. what experiences you've had and things like, like sometimes how many kids you've had or various sort of health issues and so on. That can, it can be a thing. And that was the very first female who ran the Boston Marathon. You're saying? Yes. Yeah. And the first one was just remind me the first possible answer. 
uh, that she when the first one, woman ran the Boston Marathon, she was literally the only woman in it and therefore ran it on her own. I reckon it's going to be the second one. Is it? She was advised that a uterus might fall out. Yes. <laughs> you would be correct. Well done. Did it fall out? Uh, to, to the best of my knowledge, it has never fallen out for any woman undertaking any form of lengthy run. Um, okay. I believe that you are more than more than fine to run whatever distance you like without having that particular thing happening to you, potentially. So next up, uh, Reese Darby, um, who played Murray Hewitt in Flight of the Concords. Very funny TV and radio program. Um, he was 11th on there, and his fact was about the former US president, Benjamin Harrison. What was it? Is it that his grandson was once stolen by a goat? Or that his granddaughter once brought a sheep into the White House and it ruined the carpet? Stolen by a goat. Stolen by a goat. So I'm presuming the grandson was probably quite young and not like a an, you know like a 19 year old or something like that. And he was maybe on a like some sort of like petting zoo, sat on a goat and the goat ran away. Is is probably mm. the story if that's the answer. You'd like to have thought it was something a lot more along. Well, the second lines. one, uh, his granddaughter. Uh, his daughter. His daughter brought, brought brought a sheep into the White House, which ruined the carpets. So both are yep. plausible. Just the the first one was the, the the funniest one, as long as he was okay, of course. Um, yeah. Did they get the kid back? I'm presuming they did. I'm talking about the, the yeah. child, not the <laughs> not the goat, <laughs> which they do call a kid, don't they? Uh, yeah. Let's go with the first one, that a goat stolen. Uh, you'd be correct. Well done. Stolen by a goat. Quite a difficult one to make up that. And finally, I mean, Harry Shearer. I, be- I bet... Uh, I bet I bet that uh, that that goat really got on his uh, on the prime on the president's anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, on his nerves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> final one. Harry Shearer was twelfth. Who is in Simpsons. this is final tap and also voices in Simpsons as well. Yeah, he was twelfth. What was his fact about slugs? Is it that the black slug creates its own body weight in slime every ninety minutes, or that the sea slug can decapitate itself and regrow its body? Including all its organs. Just trying to follow the trail for this one, um, <laughs> so we can work out the answer. Have you seen this week in the news that, that giant uh, giant African snails are apparently invading Australia, and uh, they've been told basically Australians have been told to keep an eye out for them because they need to keep this under control because it can cause all sorts of, of issues for their sort of like agriculture and stuff mm. like that if it was to. Uh, if it was to take off and an initial the initial response to it by sort of local authorities was a bit sluggish and uh hey. now they're kind of <laughs> they're behind it with things a little bit but uh yeah i mean these the, you know these 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 african snails in in australia have not been a problem for so long but they you know they've been sort of hiding away for quite a while now they're finally coming out of the shell a bit and uh but anyway that's just a side fact we're talking about slugs here so the two possible answers is that you're going to have to remind me. <laughs> um, one of them is that a certain type of slug can produce its own body weight in slime inside 90 minutes. The other one is that a certain type of slug can kind of, if it's, it can, it can regrow its entire body, including its organs. So if, if you it's chopped it in half or something, yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of animals, could, like worms apparently and stuff can do that. So they've got, worms have got those kind of qualities, haven't they? Or is that a, is that a myth? Uh, a I think it's just you've got, sure. you got, you got two worms that weren't worth half as long as they used to be, yeah. I think, as opposed to anything else. I don't know. I don't know. I've never never particularly tried it. Well, there's the slug one could be true as well, because, because like, I've certainly, you, you know, if you ever get a slug somehow got in your house and you, you try and get rid of it, it's it's it does seem very, very slimy, doesn't it? And obviously they've got a sliver quite far and the trail's quite... Mm. So I reckon it has to keep reproducing that slime. So I reckon it's the first one, it's the slime one. Uh, you'll be incorrect, unfortunately. 
I was a bit, I was a bit stuck on that answer. So well, I think you got about half marks or something yeah, like that. Yeah, not Just bad. I'd like to have done yeah. better, but I, I enjoyed that for sure. And that's that's definitely one we could roll over and do more with as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we may be doing um, part two next week, perhaps, or in, in future weeks, as I say, and that was um, for Comic Relief, a fantastic charity that raises a huge amount of money in the UK and abroad. Um, it's been going for 35 years now. When's it on? The, when, when are they having the Comic Relief night? Is there an, is there an evening coming up? Uh, I think it's next. Fr- I think it's in six days' time, cool. five days' time next Friday. So there we go. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you've been listening to the Waste of Web Space podcast, and uh, we've been live. Hopefully, it's uh, all gone okay. And thanks if you've been, if you're watching, listening, or whatever after we've recorded it or whatever. If you'd want to get in touch with anything at all, suggestions for quiz ideas or whatever, uh, or new stories you want us to talk about, or anything at all, then please get in touch. Next week, by the way, is going to be the first show and tell that's not my show and tell that's actually been given to me by a uh, audience member, a viewer, All right, a watcher, okay. because uh, I thought it would be good to get other people's show and tells. And so, so you've got particularly funny stories or objects that you that that you know that are a bit mysterious or you know anything like that. We're happy to share your stories as well because eventually, me and Fisher are gonna we're gonna run out, aren't we? Because only so many stupid things are gonna ha- have, have happened to us up until this point. Uh, well, or... I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was a bit, I was starting to struggle a bit for show and tell, like, yeah. and then them, someone. Got me, put me into self isolation for a few days. So, <laughs> Same yeah. here. Like I, I was struggling a little bit, and then somebody sent me an idea for one, and then I've got mm-hmm. a couple more now as well lined up for for yeah. the for the next few weeks. But if we, we, you know, well, we, it's nice to have a bank of them to go to, isn't it? And uh, so if, yeah. you, if you've got a particularly funny story, we'd like to hear about it, and we'll use it in our show and tell. Yeah, what's been bugging me in this episode is that if you just go and look at the camera, Jimbo, you've got sort of some hair that's just like coming down as so it's. You know, like on those Viking helmets that you have, uh, where it covers your nose. It looks a, it looked a bit like that for the majority of the episode. But you could have said. Yeah, it's, it's kind of been bugging me for a bit now, you know, for you know what's 20 been, minutes or something. You know what must be bugging me this episode about you? Just me. Is no. That right? Just... You wearing your wife's cardigan. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. <laughs> see you again, see you later. See you next time, bye-bye. <laughs>